Welcome to Defeat PPD, where we empower women to overcome anxiety and depression in motherhood without medication. I'm Arielle Wozniak, and I'm a maternal mental wellness coach, and I will be leading you through this journey. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Defeat Postpartum Depression. This is your host, Arielle Wozniak. I am very excited to kick off this new series. I've never done anything like this before, but we are kicking off a series titled, What Causes Postpartum Depression? And this is the very first episode. So today we are talking about I miss my old life. And so this is a topic that I feel like so many women that I've had the opportunity to connect with mentioned to me is this like, I had this one plan for my life and here's how my life turned out and kind of coming to terms with reality is a very difficult thing for many of us. And so today's episode is one that I hope that a lot of you resonate with and um, can kind of see yourself in my story. And I will leave you at the end with some tips and things that have worked for me. So before I jump into today's episode, I do just want to say, in case you're not aware, I am a maternal mental health coach. And so what that means is that I get the opportunity to help moms like you overcome mental health challenges in their lives. If you're looking for that kind of support, I would encourage you to visit my website. It is in the show notes, but it's just arielwozniak.com. And from there, you can schedule a free discovery call. We can kind of talk through what you're going through and see if it's something that I can support you with along your journey. All right, so without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in. So I first want to start uh, start off by talking about seven different areas, or actually eight, because as I was preparing for this, I came up with another one, um, but eight different areas where I really missed my old life. And hopefully you can kind of see yourself in this story as well. But the first area where I missed my old life is this ability to be spontaneous and to have freedom. So I remember when I had my first son now about 11 years ago, and I lived this life where, I mean, prior to having my son, my husband and I would spontaneously just, you know, go on dates. We would spend money frivolously, which is not something that I recommend for anyone ever. Um, but we would do all of these things and we just had this like freedom to go wherever at whatever time and to do the things that we wanted to do. I could go out and you know, get my nails done or whatever. And I was just free to do that. I didn't have to wait for anyone to be ready. If you're a mom, you you get that. Um, but I just had this immense amount of freedom that I really enjoyed. And I also enjoyed that ability to be spontaneous that if after work, I just decided, you know what, I actually want to go see a movie. I could totally do those types of things. And it was something that I enjoyed. Although I am someone who considers myself to be a planner, I also enjoy just those moments of like, yeah, let's just go do that thing. 
And it was something that I really missed in the beginning because I was a really young mom. And I say really young, but I know there are moms who have children younger than I did, but I was in my early 20s. And so those types of things were important to me to be able to just do whatever I wanted to do and to have that kind of control over my life and that freedom to do what I wanted to do was important. And it was something that I missed so much when I had my first son. I also really missed uh, having a social life. I was the first of my friends to have a child. So again, having a child in my early 20s, most of my friends are going out, they're doing their thing, they still have that freedom. They can still go and do whatever it is that they want to do. And they don't have to worry about taking care of a child on top of having their own life and their things to take care of. So that social life aspect was one of the things that I just, I really missed when I became a mom, especially because there weren't other people around me who had young kids like I did. Um, And so the other part of that is that I had moved out of state. So I grew up in Connecticut and I had moved out of state to Georgia and didn't really have a huge community here anyway. So the aspect of a social life was already very slim. And when I first got a job here, which I was able to transfer my job from Connecticut to here, I started to make friends in the workplace and I would get invited to do things or get invited places. And I didn't really have the opportunity to go and to do those things because I had a baby that I had to take care of. So when I wasn't working, that's where my time was spent. And so it was this really like It's hard to explain if you haven't like felt it. Like I wanted to want to be there and be present for my son, but I also really longed for community and for people my age and to be able to just hang out and do the things that I wanted to do. So that that ability to have freedom and be spontaneous was highly connected to a social life and having people, again, my age that I could connect with and build community with. So that was something that was really, really important for me and something that I just didn't really have um, as I had my first son. The other thing, and this one honestly is probably the most important out of all of these things that I'm mentioning, but sleep. I know so many of you can relate on this point here. You miss being able to just sleep. And there are so many reasons why our sleep is interrupted once we have a child. Um, For me, after having my second or my, my third child and my second time battling postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, sleep wasn't an issue because of my daughter not sleeping. Sleep was an issue because I was having trouble going to sleep because of the anxiety and all those things that I was experiencing. But my experience with my first son, the sleep was an issue because he woke up around the clock every two to three hours to have a bottle. And this wasn't just like in the newborn phase. This continued on until he was like two or three. And by this point, we had another child. So my second son was born when my first son was two. And 
honestly, my baby required less uh, nighttime, nighttime feedings than my two and then three-year-old. So it was a very strange thing, but he was waking up consistently wanting food and other things. And he just wasn't a, a great sleeper from like the first day and had struggled with sleep all the way up until a couple of years ago. And so I was constantly being awoken in the middle of the night and just unable to get a full night's rest. And you, I'm saying you know, but most of you probably know that lack of sleep contributes to how you feel mentally. And so that was a really big issue for me for a long time because I just wasn't getting the sleep that I needed to get. And then after that experience with my oldest son and him finally starting to like sleep through the night and then having my daughter and having to wake up and then not only that, but experiencing this like extreme anxiety and not being able to get to sleep. Sleep has just been like this point of contention in my life. And I hope I'm using that word the right way. But sleep has been something that like I have just struggled with for many, many years. And more recently, I am a a much better sleeper and get eight to nine hours of sleep a night. And when I tell people that they're like, you really sleep that long? Yes, I do. I love to sleep. Sleep is so important. And I know the value of it. And so yes, I get like my eight to nine hours. I was just telling my husband this morning that my body, honestly, this morning could have went for like 10 hours of sleep. So I value sleep. Now imagine that person not being able to get the sleep that they desire and that their body craves. It was something that really kind of drove me crazy in a way because I really, I needed that rest and I wasn't able to get it with having children. Like that was just something that I, I didn't really get. And along with sleep, I didn't get a whole lot of like relaxing downtime. Um, I always say like in my free time with uh, air quotes on it, I like to do X, Y, Z because free time was not a thing that even existed. Like free time was just uh, sucked up by whatever I needed to do for my children. And so that was something that I really, really, really struggled with because I have always been this person who a lot of people will think that I am an extrovert when in reality, I'm like this extroverted introvert. And so I refill by being by myself and getting that moment to myself. And I probably do a ton of things that aren't necessarily relaxing to other people, but they're relaxing to me. And so not having that opportunity in the early days of having a child really, really like it just did something to me where I just did not feel the ability to be present in my life because I was so busy just trying to escape to be able to get those moments of relaxation that I felt like I really, really desperately needed. So if you're kind of tracking here, Number one was spontaneity and freedom. That's what I missed about, with, missed about my old life. Number two was having a social life. Number three was sleep and relaxation. And now number four, personal hobbies and interests. This is one that, 
whenever someone asks me, even now, like, what do you do for fun? My hobbies are not at all what they used to be 11, 12 years ago. So before having children, before having children, I had the ability to do so many different types of things if I wanted to, because I had more free time to be able to do those things. And so my hobbies were more socially oriented and I had hobbies that could take a lot of time. You know, like if I wanted to learn, for example, I got really into makeup at one point and I would spend hours learning all these things about how you apply different types of makeup and contouring and this and that and all those things. And that's where my financial resources went was to makeup and learning how to apply it in a certain way. And so I really enjoyed those like creative types of outlets. I also used to act. I was really into acting for a while. I also used to sing at one point. And so I had all these things that were like creative outlets for me that I really missed. It was almost as if my identity kind of got just swept into motherhood. I'm just a mom now. There's nothing else that I have time to do. And honestly, didn't feel super interested in most of the things that I had enjoyed prior to getting pregnant. And so it was an area that I really struggled with, like, who am I? What do I enjoy? What do I even like to do? And it's one that I'm just now, after several years of going through this battle of postpartum depression and then being fine after healing the first time and then going through postpartum anxiety and then going through this healing process and now starting to really find those things that I truly enjoy. But in the beginning, it was a struggle and I really, really missed just doing whatever it was that I enjoyed, you know, like and my hobbies could vary from, I don't know, week to week, month to month whatever I wanted to do, you have that freedom to do it. And so it was something that I just really, I really missed when I became a mom. The next thing, and it's one that I have talked about several times before on the podcast, is my career. Like I've said in previous episodes, I had this whole plan for my life. And it was very much oriented around being successful in terms of having a successful career and being able to continue studying certain things and just developing professionally. That was really where my vision for my life was. I didn't have a vision for my life in terms of getting married and having kids and all of those things. My vision was you're going to get in at a company kind of ground floor after you graduate, you're going to grow, get promoted, become VP and eventually CEO of whatever company it is that I decided to build my career with. That was very much interrupted <laughs> when I had my first son. And the reason why is just because my priorities had to shift. And I'm not saying that you can't be this super successful corporate leader um, after having children, but it's really hard. It's really, really hard. And so um, as my priorities started to shift, that was something that I gradually felt kind of like 
I just envision it just like drifting away from me. That vision just like drifted away. It's like, oh, well, that's not happening anymore. Or at least not the way that I envisioned it. And I had to mourn letting go of these career aspirations, letting go of these like educational aspirations, these plans to return back to school, all these things. It was just like, they were kind of snatched from me. That's a better analogy. I felt like it was just snatched from my hands. Like, oh, that's not, that's not what you're focused on anymore. Now, here you go. Have a baby. Focus on the baby instead. And so that was extremely difficult for me being someone who is so career oriented or rather was so career oriented in that uh, period of my life. It was really hard for me to let go of that vision. It really was like I felt like a part of me was dying because I was letting go of this, this vision that I had for my life. And again, I am not saying that you cannot be a successful corporate leader and be a mom. You absolutely can. There are women who have done it. But my brain at the time, and that's another thing that I'll talk about, it just wasn't able to handle all the things all at once. So that was something that I had to let go of. And then I also feel like I had to let go of my independence. I was a highly independent person. I could do most things on my own and be totally fine with it. And in fact, preferred that a lot of times to do things independently. And once you have a child, you're not really doing things independently. Um, I have to kind of depend on someone else's schedule to make my life plans. And so I had to kind of warp my life, if you will, in those early stages around baby schedule and what baby needs. I actually remember one time I was, um, at this point, my husband and I only had one car. When we moved to Georgia, we sold one of our cars and kept the other car. And so we had, we were a one car family and he was working one day and needed me to drop him off at work, I believe. And so, of course, I had to bring along my son. And so we drove, dropped him off. That went fine. But on the way back, he started to scream his head off. And if you're someone who's experienced that, it's like this painful <laughs> scream just like shakes my whole body. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And I was still a very new mom. I would say he was probably about six, maybe seven months old at the time. I'm bad at keeping track with dates, but he was little and he was just screaming and I did not know what to do. I was on the highway and he was screaming, screaming, screaming. I'm doing my best to try to calm him down. Nothing is working. So I pulled over on the side of the highway I don't recommend it, but that's what this like it was a very chaotic moment. That's what my brain thought was a good idea at the time. So I pulled over on the side of the highway and immediately started to feed him. And it was just this moment of like, man, I my life, the things that I do, everything is controlled by what you need. Like I have to I have to run my life by you. Basically, like your baby, especially in the beginning stages, is like a little mini boss. And so it was like this moment where um, I don't remember if I cried or anything, but it was kind of like this just like mental breaking down of like, 
I'm dying to self. I'm just giving up myself and I have to just be able to to go with the flow and be okay with the fact that I am very much not in control and my independence is out the door. Um, And so that was something that was really, it was hard. It was really hard in the beginning. Uh, Again, if you're following, we've now made it through point number six. So uh, number one, spontaneity and freedom. Number two, social life. Number three, sleep and relaxation. Number four, personal hobbies and interests. Number five is career and my professional life. Number six was independence. And number seven, it's honestly one that I still struggle with today. And that is my physical body. I, before having kids, I was about 120 pounds, soaking wet, soaking wet, soaking, yeah, whatever. Um, I did not weigh very much. I was quite muscular. I didn't have to work out and I just had a two pack that was there all the time, regardless of what I ate, regardless of what I did. And it was really nice. It was really nice. Uh, I, all my clothes fit really well. I really didn't have any issues finding things that I felt like they looked good on my body. And I was really comfortable with the way that I looked physically. And so I had this kind of confidence in my physical image that was really hard to, uh, it was really hard to come to terms with my physical body changing. It was really hard to come to terms with the fact that I no longer weigh 120 pounds. I'm no longer a size two in clothing. It's just not who I am. It's not, it's not my body anymore. And for years, I worked out ridiculous amounts. I ate every like fad type of diet. Um, I restricted the amount of food that I was eating. I had like a certain calorie count for each day. Like I did all those things because I missed that body that I had prior to having children. And I'll be honest with you, I still miss that a lot of days for some of the same reasons and some different reasons. Oh, oh, I had so much energy without having to do really anything. I was never like a coffee drinker. I'm still not a coffee drinker now, but I do have tea uh, quite often, caffeinated tea. And my body just, it doesn't do the same things that it used to be able to do in terms of my physical capabilities. But then I also still missed certain things that I felt like I could wear. And I know there are so many like body positivity, um, like a body positivity movement or I'm not even sure what to call it at this moment, but you can wear things at any size. So I know that that's a thing. But for me, my physical body does dictate the things that I feel comfortable and confident wearing. And that's just me being transparent. Um, some people are confident wearing whatever. I I I just am not. <laughs> um, I feel like I have to like look a certain way to be comfortable in certain clothing. And so like, for example, a two-piece bathing suit. I used to wear two-piece bathing suits prior to 
having children. And now I just don't feel comfortable or confident wearing them. And like I said, there are some people who, regardless of their size, they would feel comfortable and confident wearing a two-piece bathing suit. I'm just not one of those people. And so that is something that I still, like to this day, I'm like, man, should I work out to try to get back to that image of who I was. And it wasn't until recently, honestly, that I've started to come to this place of accepting my body as it is. Your body has done miraculous things. Some of us had very traumatic birth stories and we've survived. So that in itself is like, I have to remind myself, like, your body has gone through so much. You have grown multiple children. You have given birth three times, gone through two C-sections, which I still consider giving birth. Um, I've gone through so much in my life. My body has gone through so much in my life, and it's still standing. I still have physical capabilities. It may not be what it once was, but I have to remind myself that this body has done me so well. Um, But it is an area that in the beginning I missed so much. And that's why I worked out a ridiculous amount and ate the things that I ate and all those things. Um, Because I wanted the body that I had prior to having children. And the last area, which I'm sure I could go on and on about different areas of my life that I missed when I had children, Um, but my mental well-being was one that really rocked my world. So I've struggled with postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. Um, I've struggled with a little bit of postpartum OCD, all these different things that had I never gotten pregnant, I likely would not have experienced in my life. And so that was a real challenge for me, having to go through all of this to to bring these little lives into the world. And with that, I feel like I lost some of like my multitasking ability. I've developed what we call mom brain, uh, more forgetful and all those things. And so that was hard for me, especially as someone who had these plans to climb the corporate ladder. And this is something that I had mentioned earlier, like my brain just doesn't work that way anymore. And so it was really hard for me to adjust to the, I don't know, the brain that I have now or how my brain works best now. But I've gotten to this place where I just want to honor the the brain that I do have and um, trying not to compare myself so much to who I was before. But that is absolutely an area that I have struggled with. And so we've come to the end of these eight areas. I'll mention them all again. Spontaneity and freedom, social life, sleep and relaxation, personal hobbies and interests, career and professional life, independence, physical body and mental well-being. These were all the areas that I missed of my old life when I first had a child. And I'm sure there are more. Like I said, I could continue talking on this for a long time. But I just wanted to highlight those areas to let you know that if you are struggling with accepting any one of those, you are not alone. When I work with clients, this is one of the things that I hear so often is I miss my old life. 
or when I ask what's your goal, it's to get back to the old me. And one of the things that I will always say is that you won't become the person that you once were. Your life experiences are going to change you. And that can either be in a good way or a bad way. And so we have this opportunity to look at this in a a different light, in a positive light of how this has changed you as a person, but you're not going to get back to the old you. And that's okay. That is truly good news, honestly. I am so happy that the person that I am today is not who I was 12 years ago. I have grown so much in that time and much of it is thanks to motherhood. I have become a much stronger, more resilient individual because of the experience that I've gone through. And I hope that you can see that there is that light on the other side if you're someone who's struggling. So before I end this episode, I just want to give you kind of three tips or things that you can focus on to start towards this path of healing uh, versus focusing on all the things that you miss. Because like I said, I could continue on that list and I'm sure many of you could add on multiple areas of your life that you miss prior to having a child. That sentence sounded weird, but I think you know what I mean. So the first thing that I had to do to overcome and to um, not erase these eight areas, but to not focus on them as much is to practice something called acceptance. And this is one of those ones where people are like, okay, thanks so much for not helping. <laughs> but when you practice practice acceptance, It really is saying, okay, this is the life that I have. And so I have to learn however I need to, to accept that this is my life, to not try to change things that are unchangeable. And so for me in my life, I have told this story before, but the moment that I accepted that this was my life was actually one where my son, my oldest son, had thrown up all over the back seat of my mom's car and I was cleaning it up and I said, "See, this is why I don't want to be a mom." And by this, I meant the loss of freedom, I meant having to clean up after someone, I meant having to give over my identity. I meant all of those things that I missed. This is why I don't want to be a mom. And I'll never forget my mom said to me, like, you have to stop saying that or just walk away. So you make your decision today. Are you going to stay here and parent this child or are you going to walk away? But you're not going to stay here and say all those things. You have to make a decision. It's here or you're gone. And just make that decision and live with it. And I decided that day to accept that this is my life. It doesn't look like what I envisioned it looking like. It doesn't look like what I master planned it to look like, but it's my life. And I have to live it like that. That is the decision that I made. This is the life that I have. And so I have to live it. And so the first thing that I did once I accepted that this is my life is I started to look for the good. 
And you can do this in so many ways. Um, There are people who recommend gratitude practices every day. It wasn't something that I initially did every day. Now it is something that I do every day. I thank God for all the things in my life. I thank God for just life itself and the ability to just wake up in the morning. And as you start to look for the good, it'll be so much easier for the good to pop out at you. And I don't remember where I heard this quote before, but it was essentially, you find what you're looking for. So if you're looking for good things that are happening in your life, you're looking for the positives in certain situations, you will see that. But if you're looking for the bad, oh, you'll absolutely see that as well. And so in that situation, I made that choice to start looking for the good in my life. And there were so many good things going on. First of all, I had a child. I was able to have a child after this experience of um, not knowing if I would ever have children. And if you're not sure what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the previous episode. Um, But I had a child and that was really, really good. Uh, Outside of that, I had a husband who was super supportive. I had a mom who was very supportive. I did have a network. I started to get into a church and I had community. And so I started to look for all the good things that were happening. And it was so much easier to see it then when I started to look for it versus when I was looking for all the bad things. And I was just confirming my belief that this life is terrible. That's all I saw. And so accepting, looking for the good, and then finally rediscovering joy. For me, the practice of rediscovering joy was just trying out different things that had once brought me joy and trying out new things that maybe that would be a source of joy for me. Uh, For me specifically, the thing that brought me the most joy was actually becoming a Christian. And so my story is one that if you would have asked me, I don't know, before this incident happened, so that would have been like 12, 13 years ago before having a child, um, if I was a Christian, I would have said yes, that I was. But I realize now that I actually wasn't a Christian. I wasn't really following Christ. Um, But I said that I believed in all those things. So that's another story for another day. But becoming a Christian provided me with so much joy that it's almost as if the depression that I was facing just started to dissipate. And it wasn't this instant thing, but it was like this slow over time dissipation. Is that a word? I think so. Um, But mom brain. Um, And after a while, I just felt this joy replacing all of that heaviness that I felt. Other things that brought me joy, riding a bike. I did not even know that I loved riding a bike. It was like, I, I don't know why I didn't know that I, I just really enjoyed it. And I went on a bike ride one day, one that I didn't really plan to go on. But anyway, went on a bike ride one day and rode a bike for the first time in like 10, 12 years and fell in love. I now have a bike. I ride my bike. I, I go places and, um, well, not go places, but bring the bike places and then ride there like a park or something. That provides me with so much joy reading books. I rediscovered my joy for reading books and just being in uh, in a story 
and just really allowing yourself to imagine what it's like to go there. But for you, it might look totally different. You're going to have to go through this experience of rediscovering what brings you joy, what brings you peace in your life. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that all the other issues are just going to fade away and you'll never remember them. But you will get to this point where you no longer want your old life. You can look at it and recognize the good that was in your old life, but you can recognize the better that's in your new life. And so I hope that this gives you encouragement that it can get better. There is joy on the other side. Uh, Things can brighten. The heaviness can lift because that is my story. That's exactly what happened to me. And so if you're someone who's struggling right now, I just want to let you know you are not alone. No matter how much you feel alone, there are other women at this very moment who are going through the same struggles as you. There are other women at this very moment who are saying, oh man, I just miss my old life. I miss who I used to be. I miss what I used to be able to do. There are people right now experiencing that exact same thing. So don't ever think that you are so alone and you're the only person who's ever faced this. Like we are here with you. And if you want additional support, reach out to me, go to the website. Like I said, it's listed in the show notes. It is A-R-I-E-L-L-E-W-O-Z-N-I-A-K.com, which is arielwozniak.com. And you can uh, schedule a free call with me. I'd love to talk with you. Love to be of be able to see if I can support you along your journey. Well, that's it for today's episode. It's a little bit longer than I expected, but I hope that you got something from this and I hope to see you on the next episode. Bye-bye.